Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 250th episode of At Odds with Wrestling. Yay! Where's the balloons? Where's the cake? It's virtual balloons and virtual cake. <laughs> oh, virtual cake don't taste good. Yeah, it's Joe and Adam. How's everybody doing? How's how's Adam doing, most importantly? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm all right. I've managed to get the temperature in the house down. You know, this is an air conditioner talk, but, uh, you know, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I have been, again, it is air conditioner talk, just briefly. Um, in the morning, I crank it up. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't go below 70. Um, you know what I mean? I keep it, like, at 70. But when I go to bed at night... I put it to like 75. It doesn't, you know, it's not that it's like super cold at night, but I'm like, eh, I could sweat a little bit when I'm sleeping, you know? Yeah, I don't know if I ever mentioned this. For whatever reason, I only get a breeze on the back side of my house. And there's these giant windows that are in my dining room, which if I were to open those windows, you know, it would significantly cool down my house. But that is where I have my detolfs. So I have blackout curtains covering those windows because I don't want the sun to shine on the figures that are in the detolfs. So those windows are never open. So on days like today where like I was I left the house for a couple hours this morning, I got home. It was legit almost 90 degrees in my house because if I don't have those windows open, it yeah. turns into a sauna. That's not good. No. So. And that's what you get for leaving the house as well. I know. (laughs) Uh, But hopefully and luckily things were nice and cool uh, when you, Brett, and Marcus recorded the latest edition of Sports Talk. Yeah, that was, I I threatened that last week, I believe, and both of them very courteously agreed to be on the show. And we, our plan was to eulogize the 2023 (laughs) seasons of both the Yankees and the Phillies, but, uh, you know, listen to the podcast. Brett might have convinced me that the Phillies aren't done yet. And, uh, you know, me and Marcus had a heated debate on a couple topics. You know, we don't always see eye to eye, even though we're almost the same height. But it was a really good time. I enjoyed it. And listen, I'm not a sports guy. You guys could have been speaking Chinese for all I care, you know. But I listen. I'm supportive. Um, Appreciate that. And, I, again, I don't know if it's because I'm not a patron I couldn't direct download the show. I had to listen to it like a pour through the through the app. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that. Is. There are times when uh, I've because that's what I used to do. Uh, whenever a Patreon episode would drop, uh, whether it be Longbox Heroes or something else that I was subscribed to, uh, I would be like, I don't have time to listen to this right now. I'm going to download it, and then the when it's in my download folder that'll remind me that i need to listen to it right and there were times that for whatever reason like long box i couldn't download and i would mention it to you and you'd be like i did the same thing i normally do and that's exactly what happened with that sports talk i uploaded it the same exact process i do at odds but for whatever reason that episode you have to stream it Mm. but I have no idea. It was the same exact process. It was a shorter episode than an episode of Bad Odds. But um, and also just to mention this, you do not need to be a patron right. to listen to it. Uh, it is there for free. I just figured, hey, this is one location where I could put stuff up without having to message you and be like, hey, Joe, upload this on the Ad Odds feed, you know? Yeah. And I think that might be what it is, is because it's on the free feed. Like if you're a, and people who actually are patron like paying patrons could mm-hmm. verify this 
if they're able to direct download it or they stream through the app or their whatever. Um, but again, I didn't go as far as to like grab the RSS feed because I don't think you can get the RSS feed unless you're paying for it. And again, I know there's not many these days. I can think of maybe two off the top of my head that use SoundCloud as their hosting site. Mm-hmm. And there's literally a switch behind the scenes that if you forget to click it, you can only stream it through the SoundCloud player and not da- direct download it. Yeah, that's all above my pay grade. I yeah. just go to Patreon and it says drag your file here, click yeah. publish. Who can listen to it? $5 patrons, $1 patrons, freebies, you know? Right. Well, I mentioned, you know, you have to pay to get the RSS feed. Uh, I saw a tweet from you, even though you're shadow banned. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I also, I, just before you get into that, I'll be like, I'll post something and I'll be like, oh, Jill might find this humorous. And like a day or two will go by and I'll be like, oh, I didn't get a like or anything. And then almost a week later, you'll reply on something. I'm like, all right, something's up. You know? So, I, I, you know, obviously we have the Discord and stuff. And a lot of times stuff just passes me by with Twitter because I'm not on it as much as it seems like I'm on it. Mm-hmm. And because you don't tweet a ton, what will usually happen is when I do see a tweet from you pop up and I'm like, oh, it's been a while since I've seen a tweet from Adam. Let me go click on his profile and see if I've missed anything. And invariably, I've always missed at least two or three of your tweets. Uh, that's, that's a shame. You're missing gold. Oh. <laughs> I do have the I Well, again, I don't have any. I, there was a time many, many moons ago where I did have Azrael muted <laughs> on, on purpose. Um, it was a rib on myself. It was like kind of like, oh, I'm going to put this. And then whenever Adam like tries to tweet that out to try to trigger me, I'll ignore it because it'll be <laughs> muted. But then uh, I unmuted it a while ago. Thankfully, you didn't miss any of the golden age of Azra. Right. You know? St- still going on as we speak. 2023 Absolutely. is the 30th anniversary, right? Yeah, more on that later. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> that's right. We have that big follow-up there. Oh, boy. Um, so what is this I hear you've come around to uh, the good guy side <laughs> and you used an RSS feed for good? Well, all right. So I have said many times on record, and this is true, this is fact, verifiable, that Google Podcast is the best podcatcher on the planet, and it's far superior than an RSS feed. You know, all facts, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're not arguing those things. So I use Google Podcasts, and like I mentioned earlier, I'll get a notification, it'll be like, okay, Longbox Heroes has uploaded Preview in the Past, and I'm like, oh, there goes four hours of my week, you know, <laughs> like so, three and a half. All right. So I my system would be, as I mentioned before, I would go and I would download the episode, put it in my phone's download file, and then I would keep the email from, that is sent by Patreon Patreon in my inbox as a reminder. Hey, I have to go listen to this because it's not in my Google podcast feed. My Google podcast feed, I just, like any other app, you, you go and you prioritize stuff. You're like, oh, okay, Final Wrestling Place is out. Let me move it to the top. And it's like, Indie Wrestling Guide's out. Let me move that to the bottom. You know, you're like, you make sure that things are in the order that you want them to be. But when there's a Patreon show, I it just doesn't show up in the feed, obviously. It's not coming from Google Podcasts. So I had to go through all these hoops and mental gymnastics to remind myself to watch these shows. But you mentioned a long time ago, hey, Adam, make sure that our Patreon has an RSS feed on there. And I went through the process, got that all working. And then for whatever reason, this past week, I was like, 
can I use that RSS feed of the Patreons that I subscribe to and actually like use it in a constructive way? And I found like buried in the bowels of the settings of Google podcast, you can just add an RSS feed. So every time these Patreons, I know people are like, of course, this has been a possibility for years, but I'm just learning it because I'm an old man. But I just added like the Longbox Heroes RSS feed. And now it's like preview in the past comes out or never seen movies or like major pot or anything else that I subscribe to. And it's like, boom, it's in Google podcast, right in my queue, just like a normal, like free public podcast. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a game changer. Cause it saves me like eight steps to listen to a Patreon show. I, I don't use a podcatcher, but every podcast, I, you know, I check to make sure that our shows are on the appropriate podcatchers and stuff. And we were talking a little bit off air, like, oh, I kind of cleaned up the ones, you know, made sure the links were right. It was taking to the right spots, the podcatchers that have gone away, you know, right? Mm. So um, every podcatcher that I go to, right when you go on to at least the web version of it, has a thing of like, oh, can't find the podcast you're looking for. Just point us at the RSS feed of the show and we'll be sure to add it. And what happens is it's just sometimes like a podcast won't show up on a podcatcher for whatever reason. You know, I use WordPress as the hosting. There's people that use Podbean. There's people that use um, a whole bunch of different ones, right? Yeah. And those ones have behind-the-scenes things where they're going to auto-populate to like 30 different podcatchers, let's say, but they're going to miss five of them. Whereas WordPress, I kind of sort of had to do everything manually – but it's picked everything up eventually, right? Once you get into the big ones like iTunes, um, Spotify, and Google Play, it kind of filters out to everything else. And we had been having issues where After Dark wasn't picking up. Was it After Dark that wasn't picking up? Yeah. On the podcast? Well, it, there was multiple issues, but like After Dark just didn't exist, and the the regular show would come up about a week later. Right now, the regular sh- the time frame that the regular show comes up, I have no control over because, like, when Adam was saying this, and I would go through the web version of Google Podcast, it would be there. But when he was going through the app version of Google Podcast, it wasn't there. In February, for some reason, Google Podcast just decided we're going to try to pull After Dark from the same feed that the main show comes from. So they're trying to pull two different shows from the same feed for no reason. I did nothing different. I didn't change any of the feeds or whatever it is. And it took me a multitude of emails back and forth with Google. They contact me back and they're like, yeah, we have it fixed. I give it like five days and it's still wrong. I email them back and I say, this is this show. This is the RSS feed for this show. This is this show. This is the RSS feed for this show. You are trying to pull this show from this. You're trying to pull these two shows from this one RSS feed. Again, this show's RSS feed. This show's RSS feed. There's two separate feeds for two separate shows. And they literally had it done the next day. Yeah. No, that does work. And the funny thing is, after all that work that you did, I unsubscribed from the two (laughs) feeds because now I just use the Patreon feed. (laughs) There you go. And that's fine. And And that's why... I put the shows up on the Patreon feed, and I suggested to Adam, of course, to put the add-on stuff up on the Patreon feed, because if they're paying to get the extra stuff, and now you have two feeds that you're getting all of our content from, well, if you're subscribing to our Patreon, 
you really only need one feed, right? No, absolutely. Plus, it's like the times when I want to listen to like Joe Versations or something like that. I'm playing it through the Patreon app or playing it just as from as an MP3 file from my phone. And it's like now it's in my podcatcher. So it just it solved a lot of problems. I, I still give credit to Google Podcasts more than the RSS feed, but the RSS feed helped. It, it was I, I picture it. It's Macho and Hogan doing the reluctant handshake. There you go. The two of them. Um, and hey, uh, next weekend, I'll be recording the next Conversations with Joe, uh, with Young Ed. Um, and I haven't broached Young Ed with this, but we might try something different with it. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, a silly little bit. It's Ed. Now, listen, I'm just saying, if you're a Patreon and you're in the Discord, you know, maybe be available next Saturday night or something. I don't know. Oh, look at that. We'll see. Look at that. That's like a, a, like the live show recordings. All right. Like we'll it. see. We'll see. All right. Um, so, hey, let's get to the show. We just spent like 10 minutes talking about RSS feeds and podcasts, and I could have spent another 15. So. <laughs> let's reward the people who stuck around. Yes. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right, so this day in wrestling history, relatively uneventful, right? Yeah, I didn't really see anything pop up on, like, you know, the the Twitter feeds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So this day in wrestling history, uh, 26 years ago, uh, 20, I'm sorry, uh, 27 years ago, 27 years ago, uh, from the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia, ECW held the event ECW Heat Wave. Um, this is an event that did not get a home release. And if you look at the card, as I have it here in front of me, you have multiple people working multiple times. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck works twice for no real good reason. Sabu works twice for no real good reason. Louis Spicoli works twice for no real good reason. Uh, the only thing that really came from anything on the show is the uh, four-way Eliminator match for the TV title of champion Chris Jericho taking on Shane Douglas, Pitbull 2, and Two Cold Scorpio. I remember that match, yeah. Yes, this match makes it on TV in its entirety. Um, This is Jericho losing the TV title, Shane Douglas winning the TV title, um, Francine turning heel in the Pitbulls and going with Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. And this is also where Pitbull one, uh, does the run in Shane Douglas gives him the DDT, uh, on the belt and Pitbull one ends up breaking his neck. Yeah. Was the purpose of people wrestling multiple times because they always intended on cutting it up for TV or just people weren't booked or didn't show up or do we so- not know? I don't know because so much of this show does not make TV. Um, like the main event, which is a cage match uh, with all like your main event people. None of that makes TV at all. Um, there were other like tapings that they were doing around this time and that stuff. They actually add up for the TV, but usually one ECW arena show ends up being three weeks of TV. This one episode or this one ECW arena show was two episodes of TV. So they had to pick up other stuff from somewhere else. That's how little meat there was in the bone for this show. Yeah. So I'm looking at it and there's a lot of names on there. I don't recognize. Yeah. Well, not really don't recognize, but they don't stand out as ECW guys like El Porto Recanio is not 
an ECW legend, you know? Right. Uh, Paul Loria. I don't know who that is. He was the giant Paul Loria. The giant. No, the different giant. Oh. Uh, early 95, he was like guy in the crowd. Mikey's old tag team partner attacks Mikey. He had like a three-month run in the beginning of 95, and they bring him off for a one-er here. And like looking at this card, like no Taz, right? Yeah. Um, so who knows, right? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, the Dudleys aren't here. A good chunk of the, the crew is not here. Um, all right. So on this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago, uh, World Championship Wrestling held the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. Um, a mostly unforgettable show. Um, you know, WCW is still, you know, they're still giving time to just like, eh, let's just throw six random luchadors on the show and have like a crazy match with like no build and no whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the two marquee matches on this show are Scott Hall and Macho Man taking on DDP and Mr. Perfect. Um, a Nitro or two prior, as the show is going off the air, we got the bo- the surprise debuts of both Mr. Perfect and Raven. Okay, yeah. Uh, Mr. Perfect comes in uh, allegedly as a babyface to team with DDP. He turns on DDP in this match, teases joining the Horsemen for the next two months, and then eventually joins the NWO. Spoilers for the next two months <laughs> of 1997 WWE pay-per-views. Um... That's our dog spot, labor spot, my spot stuff, right? Yeah. Gotcha. We don't cover the Nitro, but we cover the pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, But the main event is uh, Lex Luger and the Giant taking on Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Okay. Go and watch this match. Um, It's definitely not good, but (laughs) to hear the announcers, like, lose their minds over Dennis Rodman doing a leapfrog during the course of the match. <laughs> um, Dennis Rodman at one point, uh, at one point, I will, s- I will begrudgingly say falls asleep in the corner. <laughs> he was in a Zen state as well. Sure. Sure. Um, and at w- it's shortly after that happens that macho man comes out. And essentially, Macho Man comes down and is, like, calling the rest of the match to Dennis Rodman. Okay. And reminding him what spots he has to do. <laughs> if, if, like, if you did not know that and watching this match, you're like, oh, it's, oh, it's the NWO. Macho Man's coming out to interfere. But now that you know that, if you go back and watch this match, you cannot notice Macho Man calling the back half of this match for Dennis Rodman because he has fallen asleep and forgotten it, as you do <laughs> when you go into a unaltered slumber, right? <laughs> well, here's a question for you. Best professional basketball pr- professional wrestler, uh, Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, or Shaq? Shaq. Okay. Any reason why? Because uh, Sh- Shaq is awesome. <laughs> um, I think Shaq actually is a fan of wrestling. I think he kind of got it instead of doing it as like a stunt. Okay. Um, Shaq wrestled multiple decent to good matches, and he like took a table bump, and there's still the storyline open of when he took the table bump in that match, and they put him in the uh, ambulance, and then all of a sudden he disappeared. <laughs> Did he have multiple? You just said he had multiple matches. I thought he just had that tag match with like Jade and uh, Red Velvet and Cody. 
in AEW, I think he had a random match on a Raw with Big Show. And he was in one of the WrestleMania Battle Royals. Okay, I remember him being in the Battle Royal. I don't think the Big Show match happened. I think that was something that was like always planned but never worked out. I think they might have had an altercation, let's say. Mm, maybe they had a face-off somewhere, like mm. where he was the GM. Yes. Okay. Um, now we're going to jump around just a little bit. We were going in order. Um, but on this day in wrestling history, uh, four years ago, if you want to fall feel old... AEW held the Fight for the Fallen event. Okay. Okay. Um, this was, ooh, I think this was one of their, this was their second pay-per-view. Is Fight for, I thought Fight for the Fallen was like just one of their dynamite renames. Because mm-hmm. they have a lot of those where they just name the Wednesday show something let me double check you're you're right i thought for some reason i thought this was a pay-per-view um it was not a pay-per-view um right so okay so this show takes place what no i'm pretty was this i'm no this was a pay-per-view because there was a buy-in it's the future ones that end up being tv specials okay so we're we're both like on the right pace here okay oh so now that I look at the uh, buy-in, right? Okay, so look at the card for this show, as I have it here up on Wikipedia, the most trusted source in all of professional wrestling, right? Yeah. Okay, so of all the things that happen on this show, right? Um, you've got Kenny Omega versus Seema. You've got the Bucks versus Cody and Dustin Rhodes, right? Here are the three things that I remember this show the most for, okay? Mm-hmm. In descending order, <laughs> there is an 11 minute Brandy Rhodes versus the Bunny match on pay per view. Ah, oh, they should have given more time. 11 <laughs> minutes. Uh, on the, the buy in, on the pre show, um, B Priestley and Shoko Nakajima take on Rio and Britt Baker. Britt Baker gets legit knocked out in this match. I remember that. And they have to, like, and nobody knows how to work around it. And then, like, she comes back in, and she's clearly fucked up. And then, like, she takes another bump, and she's like, it's like, oh, my God. And, like, it's a pre-show match that goes, like, 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember both the safety police and just the regular wrestling fans were both kind of teaming up on that being a shit show. Right. Now... The thing that I remember this show for the most is we've already we've already determined at the next pay-per-view, Adam, to crown the first ever AEW world champion. It's going to be Chris Jericho, who at the previous pay-per-view beat Kenny Omega to earn the right for that title, taking on Hangman Adam Page, who at that same show won uh, the Casino Battle Royal to get that spot. How do Chris Jericho's Chris Jericho, right? Say what you will about him. Four years on, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Adam Page, you know, he was built up in Japan a little bit. He was considered like the fall guy for the Bullet Club, whatever. How do we build up Adam Page going into a main event at the next pay per view for our world title against Chris Jericho? Probably put him in there and ha- give him a really good win, right? Like have him go over like another top guy. Or or, yeah. <laughs> or 
have him work 40-60 for 19 minutes against Kip Sabian. <laughs> Which start-stop on Kip Sabian was that? Was that this the first? This was the first one. This right. was the very first start-stop. <laughs> um, In their mind, in their early mind, they're like, oh, yeah, these two guys are at the same level, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, we have seen over the last four years that is not the case. But the fact that Adam Page's career push overness everything was not killed dead with this match is a miracle and just goes to show how good of a worker adam page is yeah i mean well technically i mean if you want to say that at that point in 2019 he was considered not necessarily the top guy but he's in the conversation because he's in the world title picture it took a lot of i don't know if it was years but it took a year or so of putting him in there with like the dark order, having him like fight with the, with Kenny Omega and stuff to just build him back up to the point where the crowd was ready for him to be champ. But imagine if in between the last pay-per-view and this pay-per-view, right? He wrestles Kip Sabian on TV and beats him convincingly in like four to six minutes. Right. Sure. And then he's beat. Then he has a match with Janela who was like at that level at that same time. Then he has a match with whomever. And, you know, and then he's beating guys on TV every week where it's like, okay, this guy's on a roll and he's going to the pay-per-view. But at the pay-per-view, he's got a match with Sammy Guevara. He's got a match with Darby Allen, whomever, right? Somebody who was definitely at a level higher than Kip Sabian was. And maybe not have him go 40-60 as opponent. Maybe have him go like 70-30. Mm-hmm. And instead of having him go almost 20 minutes, maybe have the match go like 12, right? Yeah. No, I definitely I, agree with you. <laughs> and I, I just think like if you have a guy who's continually on a roll and then he hits this pay-per-view and he's taking on a guy who's very clearly low end of the card and barely squeaks by him in a snoozer of a match. Holy shit. Like, I will never forget how bad that match is. Yeah, I I don't remember it being, like, it it could have been horrible, but it doesn't stand out at all as much as some of the other hot garbage you mentioned from the show. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, this day in wrestling history, uh, 25 years ago, it's our head-to-head Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro. Uh, Both shows are live. Raw is, again, it's it's firing on all cylinders. They've got the rhythm of their shows down. It's a chaotic show, but there's, like, no one thing that stands out. There's no clip, really, you know? Um, you've got, like, all these main event players, your Undertakers, your Austins, your Kane, your Mankinds, and then you've got, like, bubbling right up as, like, that upper mid-card stuff is, like, your DX and Nation of Domination people. And then you've got, like, a definitive line underneath that. And then you've got, like, all the brawl for all bullshit, right? Don't you call that bullshit. I was kind of hoping we were going to see Bart Gunn beat Bob Holly. No, we're saving uh, the Bart Gunn. If we're going to do any clips, we're going to do the uh, Bart Gunn versus Dr. Death match. I think that's next week. Oh, Sassafras. All right. Right. Costing the company millions of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) There was a heated debate on Twitter, like, two or three weeks ago about people saying, like, man... Uh, if they didn't put him in Brawl for All, they could have had a bona fide superstar in Dr. Death, you know? Yeah. And, like, hindsight being what it is, like, you could just say whatever dumb bullshit you wanted. But, like, do- at that time, Dr. Death is a guy who had been running at a high level for 13 years. Had He was, he, like, 
and again, we look at age a lot different these days, but he was like 40 in 1998. He was super washed. He was known for like being a guy who throws other people around like as a roughneck big guy. And they're not going to put Austin, whose neck is held together with like sticks and gum. And they're not going to have Dr. Death like, oh, he's just going to give you a bunch of Saito suplexes to get (laughs) over, you know? Yeah. Not to mention that you're in the Attitude Era and like he's never been known for a colorful personality. Right. And that's what that era was about. It was having that colorful personality they tried like two or three different times and you know depending on who you believe you know the idea was that he was going to run through the brawl for all and it was going to culminate at SummerSlam, and that he was going to be a challenger for austin and even if things did go that route he doesn't get hurt he wins convincingly he wins at the SummerSlam. he gets a ma- he gets a main event match against austin for the title it ain't going to be at one of the big four pay-per-views He'd be lucky if it was in an in-your-house, and he'd be lucky if it went longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. And then he'd be right back where he was with everything else that actually did happen without him getting hurt. Yeah. Thanks for the one pay-per-view. See you later. Get to the card. Yeah. He would have had, like, a nice three-month run. You know, his action figure might not have been a peg warmer. Mm Mm-hmm. He might have got a repaint. About the uh, extent of whatever it was that he was doing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Um, over on Nitro, on the other hand, of course, there was a lot more going on on Nitro. But when I say there was a lot going on on Nitro, it's stuff that I really wasn't following, like the NWO red and black versus the Wolfpack stuff. I had nothing to do with. We're off the pay-per-view, so now we're transitioning DDP and Carl Malone against Hulk Hogan to DDP and Jay Leno against Hulk Hogan, right? <laughs> Now, was that an upgrade or a downgrade? Uh, Jay Leno seems like a nice enough guy. Let's say that. <laughs> All right. Um, so the one thing that was going on in a big way over on uh, Monday Nitro was the Jericho stuff. Now, there is a Jericho segment on Nitro, but to have context for it, I do have to play the clip from Thunder. Context is king. Right. There we go. All of you people here who respect me and know me can see by the look in my face that I'm not very happy. Aw. So? And the reason for that is I'm not going to be able to wrestle for you at Bash of the Beach due to Dean Malenko. It's all his fault. Dino Machino, it's all your fault. Because your unprovoked, unexcusable, violent attack on me, on Nitro, you went and got yourself suspended, robbing these great people of the (laughs) match they wanted to see, and robbing me of the match that I wanted to give these people. (laughs) And tonight, Ultimo Dragon, after I beat you with the crushing power of the Lion Tamer, you're no longer a formidable opponent. So once again, I am left without a credible challenger. I am left without a formidable opponent for my match. So what I want to do is once again, Jojo Dillon, 
<laughs> I know you're here because I saw you on the monitor earlier. I want to get you out here, and you're going to tell me who my opponent is on Sunday. Jojo, you don't want to mess with me because I'm a bad mama jamma. So get out here and tell me who I'm fighting. Go, Jojo. Well, I guess I'm not going to be able to wrestle for you. But I will perform if I have to put on some dancing shoes, right. a top hat, and a cane, and do a little soft shoe for you. Maybe I'll tell some jokes. Maybe I'll recite some poetry. Maybe I'll sing. I don't know. But one thing is for sure. I would never, ever let you people down. And never I will have. definitely be at Bash at the Beach. Thank you very <laughs> much. Now, there's not a second clip uh, from Thunder like there was last week. Okay. But I do have the clip from the pay-per-view that we do need for context for the Nitro clip. Exactly. Irresponsible if we didn't play it. Exactly. I wasn't in the running. I want you to want me. I want a top hat Jericho. All right, all right. You all know the story. Stinko Malinko, you went and got yourself suspended. So you've robbed all the fans of the match tonight, but I would never, ever rob the fans. I told you I was going to come out here and do a little soft shoe routine. I got my top hat. I got my cane. So I'm going to break it down for you and do a little soft shoe for you right now. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Somebody missed a music cue. What are you doing out here? Can't you see I'm going to do a little soft shoe for these people? Sing a little song? Oh, what's, wrong, what's wrong with you, man? Get a life, Jojo. Look, I just wanted to come out here and to say that maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I misjudged you. There was one guy that said I'll come down very short notice. You know, the thought of being in the ring with you, the champion, Pay-per-view audience, millions of people said he would come down, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I mean, it's really up to you. A local guy? Yeah. Independent mm -hmm. jabroni sort of thing? He, he hasn't wrestled in six months. So hasn't wrestled in six months, and he wants to come in the ring with me for a title shot. No, don't do it. Don't Another do it. Experience, young man. Can it still be a no-disqualification match? Huh? Really want to know this he, well, I mean, this young guy's got to learn a trick or two from the master, from the master. I'll tell you what, I'll bring this kid up to a different level. Bring in this jobber right now. Let me do a little match with him. I'll teach him a thing or two. Let's get this thing. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure, I got some time to kill. I think the people want to see me wrestle. That's why they came. Yeah, you're not going to accept it. Yeah, why not? Chris Jericho equals buy rate. All right, then it's official. We'll have a title match. Bring it in. Oh, hey, 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 we know that music. We, we know that music, Barry. So it ends up being Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio ends up beating Jericho. Oh. Uh, the the bit there with him wearing the, 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 the top hat and the cane 
Uh-huh. Him saying, going to come out with a top hat and do a little soft shoe. I would say that on commentary all the time. <laughs> Whenever there was like a deal with like a heel coming out, like, oh, my opponent's not here. So on and so forth. And like, oh, whatever the guy. And I'm like, oh, what did he come out here? Just expect to put on a top hat, and do a little soft shoe. And like, <laughs> and again, that's one of those things where you get it, you get it. You know, you, know, yeah. you don't. And like, I like lately more people have been picking up like the um, 95 storyline of uh, when Jean-Pierre Lafitte stole Bret Hart's jacket. Mm-hmm. And you've seen Bret Hart's jackets that he wears, right? Of course, ostentatious is what they are, but... Well, but you've seen... So the storyline specifically was... And again, we'll get to the Jericho clip from Nitro, but the, um, the, the, specific, the, the specific reason that it hurt Bret that much that Jean-Pierre Lafitte stole that jacket is is because Helen Hart made that jacket for him. <laughs> so there was a couple GCW shows where I called and PCO was on those shows and I would make the remark on commentary and the guys making their comeback on PCO and I'm like oh they're beating PCO like he stole their jacket <laughs> and crickets nobody would get it right and I'm like yeah. I don't give a shit I'm making these jokes just for me right yeah. so the Jericho with the, the, the top hat and the soft shoe I work in uh, quite a bit awesome uh, but just like we saw before with Jericho, he went to the Library of Congress. He got the old WCW rule book. <sighs> Let's see what he has for uh, JoJo Dillon here on Nitro. Mm-hmm. Last night, I decided not to sleep. I stayed up and I did a little bit of reading. I read the WCW rule book. There's Ray standing back and there. Mr. Dillon, do you know what it says on page 257 of said WCW rule book? Do you know? I don't know that's the particular page off the top of my head i mean i i understand the rule book well, you know where i'm going with this you know where i'm going with this on page 257 it says <clears throat> for the safety of the athletes involved in the event of a wrestler being suspended he must not be present at the event from which he was suspended and if he is present and affects the outcome of said match the decision of the aforementioned match is null and void now mr dylan do you know what it means null and void do you know what null and void means? Of course means? he does. Don't insult him. Do you know what it means? Yeah, it means that the, basically the decision doesn't stand is what it means. So if it doesn't stand, that means the, the match actually never took place? Are you aware of this this ruling in the book? Well, he, he, he's correct in what he's saying. And I guess technically the decision doesn't stand. It's as if the match never took place. So if the match never took place... Then whoever was the said champion before that match took place would still be the champion. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, you are correct. <laughs> so, Mr. Dillon, who was the champion before that match took place? You were the champion going into the match. Yes, that's correct. Another locker room lawyer makes out here tonight, JJ. What's the story? This can't be happening. What's your posture? He, he's he's technically correct. I can't take exception to what he's saying. Well, technically correct. Is he correct? Does that belt belong yeah, to him or not? Well, yes. I guess he... Yeah. No, All right, no. so if I'm still the champ, then JoJo Dillon, you tell this little punk, you tell Ron Mysterio Jr. <laughs> to give me my belt back. Give it back there, Jr. Oh, no. All right, this is going to be a very tough thing for us to eyewitness here, Tony. The fact that Ray Mysterio Jr. is going to have to cough up the WCW Cruiserweight title. Scraping about as low. Okay. 
So this is great stuff. We've talked about this dozens of times. We talk about it every week. I make every excuse in the book that I can to play all of these Jericho clips, right? Uh-huh. So the one thing that I want to point out to you in all of this is, how long has this Jericho stuff been going on as we're watching it 25 years later? Uh, we've been probably doing this for less than two months. Okay. This Jericho stuff has been going on for six months. The heel turn started in January. He beats Malenko. He beats uh, Ray for the title at Sold Out, which is the January pay-per-view. He beats Juventud at Super Brawl. He beats Malenko at the next pay-per-view, which sends Malenko home. This has been going on for six months. I probably and just she, mean that we've been playing the clips for probably like two months. Right. We Okay. So, well, you know, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Six months this angle's been going on. Jericho is still coming out wearing homemade airbrushed Monday Night Jericho shirts. Mm-hmm. They have not seen like, hey, we maybe got something with this guy. Maybe we should like do like an official shirt for him. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think I saw somebody post up on the clips – um, you know, one of the other sites, I think it's that This Day in WF History guy. It was a clip from Bischoff's podcast, and uh, I don't know if who had the over-under when uh, Bischoff and Broski did a podcast recently that, uh, su- surprise, surprise, Bischoff didn't know who Broski was. <laughs> who would have seen that? Anyway, um, that Bischoff was just like, he was completely hands-off of all the Jericho stuff that was going on at this time. And he gives credit to all of it to Chris, but we're about two months away for Chris flying a little too close to the sun and Bischoff finding out what Jericho's been doing on his TV show every week for the last six months. I look forward to every single clip being played on this show. And every single clip will be played on the show. So that's this day in wrestling history with a couple caveats. What would you like to talk about from this uh, last week in wrestling? All right, I'm going to start things off, Joe. A lot of times, people on Twitter like to watch a wrestling show and see the promos, the interactions, the drama, and they use the word cinema. And they're oftentimes they're using it regarding the bloodline stuff. And I say, nay, that is not cinema, Joe. What is truly cinema? is the MJF Adam Cole stuff that is going on on Dynamite. I said it last week. I feel like they did even better this week. We had them going to the bar, and obviously Max does his stupid little I'm going to go bang four chicks thing, but whatever. That's fine. It, but it was almost muted in the fact that he was trying to hook up Adam as well, and he was trying to be cool about it. But in an effort to get Adam to wear the... Uh, better than you, baby shirt. They go and they play Fight Forever, which, you know, product placement, whatever. But Max is like, oh, it's actually kind of fun playing a game with somebody. And Adam asks him, well, you've never played a multiplayer game? And you get that moment where Max is like, well, you kind of have to have friends to do that. And I was like, aww. <laughs> and I was actually, for a second, it seemed like a genuine thing that, like, the person was saying. And then when you had the little bit later on when after the match, they were like, I was going to blindside you. I was going to do it, too. It was all, like, just kind of fun television. And I wasn't expecting, two weeks ago, fun television from Max. And I really, really hope 
that whenever this pays off, it doesn't just go with, uh, as we said last week, MJF being like, ha-ha, I fooled you from the very beginning. I actually hope, like, MJF is becoming a slightly better person, but Adam Cole's the one who turns on him and grabs the belt and is standing over him and be like, I did this all to try to get this belt. But, like, I really like that segment. I don't care what anybody says. So uh, this is actually in my talking points as well, and we'll get into some other stuff here as well. Um, So you mentioned about this being cinema. And listen, I liked this stuff, right? But let's not pretend that the way that this was shot or lit or acted was not a step above, say, Brazzers acting, (laughs) a site I just found out about today trying to find information about Kurt from the Stink Sheets friend, Cherry Crush. Um, That all being said, we have gone on record sparingly. Um, You know, we try not to come here negatively and talk about stuff that we don't like. Or if we do, we have a spin on it or whatever it is. And we don't come on here just to be like, oh, I don't like this to not like it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say predominantly we're predisposed not to like the stuff that they've been having MJF do on TV. Yeah, the, I'll just say the last time I was interested in MJF is in the build to him getting the world title when he was kind of showing glimpses of being good when he was dealing with Regal and saying he wasn't going to cheat and that stuff. But then yeah, that so, all that all blew up in our face. Now my and my stuff was the punk stuff, um, leading gotcha, up to the yeah. dog collar match, right? Yep. But this stuff with him and Al- Adam Cole has been like really good because, I, you know, we mentioned it last week, and I'll mention it again. When Max comes out and he says like, you know, and he still gets his dumb catchphrase in there, and he's still trying to bang broads and whatever. <laughs> but like when he says stuff about like not having a friend or. Like, that feels like the real person turned up to 11 for a TV character. Mm-hmm. And the best part about it is there's no less than four different ways that this storyline can go. And all four ways have been built up in a convincing way. Is it MJF turns on Adam Cole and MJF is the baddie? Is it Adam Cole turns on MJF and Adam Cole ends up being the baddie? Is it Roderick Strong gets pissed off? And attacks one, if not both of them. And, or and then, brings in Kyle O'Reilly. Okay, and then you even get the further thing where that happens. You do a tag match of Cole and MJF against against uh, Strong and Kyle, a returning Kyle. And then you have Adam Cole stick the knife in MJF's back, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, and then like those are just the four off the top of my head. And there's probably more. Or you just keep them to, like... Roddy's like, oh, whatever. And then just MJF and Adam Cole are now two babyface best friends. <laughs> and they're the tag team champions. I think somebody else even pointed out if they did the 1996 uh, WCW Sting and Lex Luger tag team, where Lex is like very much a heel, but whenever Sting is looking, he does nice and good things. <laughs> like, he, like, he won't even, like, look at the fans, but if Sting turns around and looks, he's immediately slapping fans' hands like, see, I'm doing good, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's so many different ways that you can go, and there's so many different ways that I would like to see it go, because the last, like, month of TV for these characters has been good, and I, I'm invested, right? Yeah. And, like, it's crazy to even think, like, at least in my opinion, the world title is secondary to their friendship. 
And how big of a pop? We joke about the Orange Cassidy pop, the Eddie Kingston pop. When they do do the double clothesline, that arena is going to explode. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a stupid double clothesline. is going to be equivalent to a triple moonsault dive off of a ladder through a table. It's going to be the most spectacular move that has ever been seen in AEW. It, it's almost as there's a difference between work and brother and doing spots, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I'm really enjoying this. Um, like I'm, I'm sure there's like some sort of other like sixth option that they could do. Yeah. Like Britt turns heel and she's been screwing MJF behind Adam Cole's back or something. And like, eh, I don't want that to happen. But like, now that I said it, like I've put it into the cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> and I just really like, uh, my biggest hope is that it isn't just like, they lose the tournament and MGF turns on Adam Cole. You know, I was yeah. just doing this to win the, the 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 tag titles, or they win the tournament and lose to FTR or whatever. And the, I wanted to prove that you can't get near a title without me. Uh, you know, and then MGF yeah. just goes back to the usual person that he is, right? Yeah, no, I would hate that. And I also do like the fact that Tony Schiavone hates both of them. And they hate, <laughs> and both of them hate Tony Schiavone. It's just such a a fun thing because obviously Schiavone being the baby face, you know, he's he's complimentary to the faces and negative to the heels. But like, he just gives it to Adam Cole. He hates everything about him because he's so jealous. It's hilarious. It's it's really good stuff. It, it yeah. really has been. Yeah. What do you got, Joe? All right, well, this is kind of the last thing I got, unless there's anything else you got, but this is going to be a little bit. Uh, okay, go ahead. I'll, I have a quick one to wrap it up. All right, so you mentioned cinema, right? The big mm-hmm. angle on World Wrestling Entertainment uh, TV, the bloodline stuff, you know? Yeah. And people who don't watch TV or movies or have never seen <laughs> anything other than wrestling in the last 30 years are like, oh, this stuff should get Emmys, you know? Well, the <laughs> Emmy nominations came out today as we're recording this. And, uh, yeah, WWE didn't get nothing, right? Oh, all right. (laughs) And listen, I'll give the Bloodline credit. It's one of the biggest things on TV. And listen, we criticized WWF and, you know, we watched shows. There was a clip that was going around. I don't know if you saw it where Ricochet does like the big jump to the outside and lands on his feet for the space off with uh, Logan Paul, right? Yeah. And the crowd is just dead. They don't give a shit, right? And there's people that get reactions, and a lot of people, it's like people sitting on their hands for stuff in WWE. And, like, the way that you look at metrics, I don't look at ratings, but, like, more palpable things that, like, you could actually see are, like, social media numbers, or, like, YouTube views, or stuff like that, right? Yeah, I know where you're going, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. But, listen, I'm gonna say, it's a big deal. Of course. from, From SmackDown this past week, right? The the tribal court of Roman Reigns has 2.8 million views on YouTube, right? That, that's a good amount of views, yep. The, the clip of it on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook on, like, each of those platforms has 2 million views. The, the other segment where Jay Uso returns on SmackDown, that has, like, over a million views on YouTube. Okay. Who else would you say are, like, the big names at WWE's, like, the big acts? You're, what would you say, Cody? Sure. Would you say Dominic Seth. Mysterio? Yeah, like Seth. Seth. Rollins, right? Yep. So I look at the YouTube page, right? Mm-hmm. And I see most of the Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes clips. Right? They top out about 60, uh, 600,000 views, right? 
I go on social media and there's a clip of Becky and Seth Rollins going to the ESPYs the other day. And that has 1.2 million views. That's that's pretty good on social media, right? I, I would take it, yeah. Yeah. And Cody, Dominic Mysterio, Seth Rollins, all these guys, eh, right around 600,000. You want to know who gets like a million views plus for every YouTube video they put up there? You want to know who they put a clip of him from a 2014 Triple H workout video on social <laughs> media? And it gets more views than the Bloodline clips on Twitter? Do you want to know who that person is, Adam? I do, Joe. That person would be none other than... Oh, the fans were supposed to be yelling along with me. I'm doing L A night. I was doing the point, but I'm not on video. Yeah, I was yeah. doing the point as well. You had me, th- you threw me off because you didn't start it. <laughs> so, L A night. Not even on SmackDown. They do a thing before the show goes live, and that has over a million views on YouTube. That has so much social media engagement that every WWE uh, social media account has put it out, and I think the social media guys really like L.A. Knight. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed the trend this week that a lot of L.A. Knight's past has been coming back. I saw a video of him uh, offering services through an app. Uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) Could we we credit L.A. Knight with popularizing a a wrestler saying, scissor me? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, I saw the workout video. I saw him as an act like a planted fan and something. Uh, you saw the Aldi's commercial. You saw the Car Shield commercial. You saw the home workout things. You saw all the other things that LA Knight has done as a working actor. Someone trying to pay the bills. Somebody hustling. The stuff on Animal Planet. All these other things. A bit of a renaissance man, if you will. Well, that okay, so say what you will about him. Somebody even pulled up a tweet from Dusty Rhodes when Dusty Rhodes was in charge of developmental, and Dusty Rhodes was putting over, and again, whatever the hell his name was at the time, like Sean Rickard or whatever it was in developmental at that time in 2011, Dusty was putting him over as like this kid gets it, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes WWE don't get it, sometimes the people in the system get it. And they don't get listened to, and sometimes they got to go out there and they got to prove themselves elsewhere. And you could say Cody did that, but you could yeah. really say that LA Knight did that. Cody Rhodes didn't even want to be a wrestler. He got into a res- wrestling in 2006 because he failed as an actor. Mm-hmm. LA Knight got into acting to supplement being a wrestler. And I would say he is on the cusp of breaking out to be the biggest star WWE never knew they had. A star that they let slip through their fingers multiple times over the last 12 years. Somebody that they've tried multiple times to, like, neuter and change and muffle, like, you know, to to silence what he actually was, you know, to rebrand him. Right. And now here we are, and I got to give a shout-out I'm not, you know, listen, I, I stumbled upon this, again, as an L.A. Night guy. I was drinking the NyQuil ahead of time. It might have started as a bit at first, <laughs> but I'm full in, man. <laughs> uh, the social media account, yeah, movement, it's at yeah, movement underscore. They're the ones that have been finding and unearthing all of these weird clips of L.A. Night. They posted his high school yearbook photo the other day, and just, like, 
they posted a video of him doing uh like WWE entrances in his basement when he was 17 years old, you know, yeah. on a home video. Just the crazy stuff that this is a guy who has been a fan his entire life. And here he is. And again, I mentioned before, Dr. That Steve Williams in 1998 was 40 years old and washed. L.A. Knight is eight or he's four months away from being 41. And in WWE, that's nothing today, man. Like, yeah. is he going to have this huge long run at the top of the card? Absolutely not. But God damn it, strike while the iron is hot. If you're so pot committed that Austin Theory is going to be your next big thing, he ain't the he ain't the thing. He's gonna he might be the next big thing, but he ain't the big thing right now. Yeah, and like they, they're not like I'm not as uh, I, I'm not drinking the Nyquil as much as some of the other people. But if I look at those two people and their performance in any aspect, whether it be just in the ring, on the mic, whatever, uh, they're, they're not even close. You know, the only the, physically they look close, but that's about it. They're two big jack dudes, but everything else, LA Knight's so far ahead of uh, uh, Theory. And I guess it's the thing, it's like, well, Theory's in his 20s, you know, so that has to be who we invest in. It's right, and Theory's close. only been at this for maybe five, six years at the most. Mm-hmm. And listen, in seven years, maybe Theory will be ready. Maybe he's ready right now, but he ain't getting the reaction. He ain't connecting. He ain't have any sort of penetration on social media. Maybe with good cause. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. can talk later. I don't know. Uh, everybody likes to zig, but it's really a zag. All right. Um, eh, maybe I'll mention it on the Patreon show if you remind me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but LA Night is where it's at, man. And like I said, you look at the social media numbers. And I'm not saying Cody ain't over. I ain't saying Dominic Mysterio ain't over. I ain't saying Seth Rollins ain't over. I'm just saying LA Knight's more over than all of them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. I'll just wrap things up by saying, speaking of people that are super over, it was announced yesterday, and I feel like this should be destination viewing, that coming to to House of Glory... We have Broski versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's right. A worldwide wrestling legend versus Tanahashi. Can't wait to see it. I have to give credit to my friend uh, Matt here on social media. He tweeted the poster out and said, it's someone who's washed versus Tanahashi. How dare you? You know what, Matt Fish? How dare you? <laughs> How dare that you? One, that one popped me good because... Uh, yeah, that match is going to suck. It's going to be a non-finish. Um, I like Tana. Tanahashi. seems like a good guy. But a singles match with not motivated broski? <sighs> I, I, again, I, I, I expect this from you, but, but Matt... Oh, Fish, I'll on. take on a New Japan legend. Oh, you know, I'll take on Nick Gage in a tag team match with Maki Ito. I'll take on Bussy. I'll do all these things. But you know what lowercase broski won't do? Face gummy boar. Again, Erica's a nice la- nice lady. He won't take on the boar, period. Yeah. Doesn't want to be match, a- tag match, six-person nope. match, coward. Broski's a coward. And I said it on social media, and I'm going to say it again later when it comes up this Saturday at AIW Absolution main event. Isaiah Broner taking on Broski and his whole gaggle of creeps. 
Not only should Broner take the belt from him, he should take the B-R-O from Broski, <laughs> capitalize it on his own last name, and let Broski just now be ski, lowercase, and get the fuck out of here. Well, Joe, you bring up an interesting point. I, it seems to be that you are aware of the fact that there is a big independent wrestling show this weekend. There is. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? God, let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That's right, Joe. According to the podcast, the card is going to change. The most trusted source of run-ins from Ronald Two Legs Kid. AIW Absolution XVI is this Saturday. You already named the Absolute Championship match, but there are a total of eight matches. Do you know the card? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna confidently say yes. Okay. Um, and again, only only because there's not a lot of students. On, there's not a lot of students on the show. There's a decent amount. There's not a ahead. lot though. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. There's eight in total. I've already named one, or there's eight more from the one that I named. Uh, you, you need to name seven more. Okay. Uh, so we got uh, Derek defending the intense title against uh, Wes Barkley. Yep. Uh, we've got. Um, I'll save that one for last. Um, we've got um, whatever the hell Brian Carson and PB Smooth Stable is wrestling. Okay. Against uh, Dom Garini and Shaw Mason. Yep. We have uh, whatever the new stable of Duke's crew is, where it's uh, Duke, Money Shot, and uh, Eric Taylor taking on Mikey Montgomery, um, Hardway Holloway, and Bulking Season. That's correct. And I don't remember the name of their stable either, so I feel bad. There are people listening. They're yelling at the I, podcast. I think it's like um, it's something money. Yeah, it's like money talks. Oh, wait, that's a porn thing, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so there's a couple that I'm trying to save for the end because I got bits for. Are you <laughs> counting? Are you counting the scramble match? I am. Uh, where none of the participants have been announced for it yet. It's still part of the card. Mystery right, six-way so scramble. There's a, there's a scramble match. Nobody's been announced for it. I have a feeling you might see PME pop up in it. Um, I have a feeling you might see... The Swamp Monster pop up in it. I saw that threat that he tweeted out today. That's right. Um, so we also have um, Two Infinity and Beyond um, taking on uh, members only. That's correct. That's six. So I only have two more to go, right? Uh, yep. Okay. So I'll do my bits uh, for this here. Um, you have in the best of seven... <laughs> Spin the wheel, make the deal <coughs> matchup. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawl are taking on the new King of the Juggalos, JCW champion Josh Bishop. Um, did they officially say it's Spin the Wheel, make the deal? No. Uh, did they officially say it's Best of Seven series? <laughs> no. Is it these things in my heart? Yes. I I, uh, I definitely agree with you that 
it should be best of seven, if not a higher number. But uh, I was under the impression it was spin the wheel, but maybe I just read too much into what I was hearing when, uh, you know, uh, it was talked about on the podcast. I think I think it's one of those deals where, like, last month, um, we're like, oh, we're going to spin it until we get the thing we want, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, Jocelyn Navarro taking on Ziggy Heim in a Falls Count Anywhere, No Rules, Fan Bring the Weapons match. That's correct. Now, listen, this show is on a Saturday, so enough people will be able to hear this, our podcast, um, from now until then. I got the full card right, correct? You did. Okay. Um, so between, uh, on Saturday, before you go to the show, I don't know where everyone's traveling from, but I'm sure for wherever you're traveling from between you and the Tadmore shrine, there's maybe one, maybe two, maybe three yard sales, thrift stores, garage sales, whatever you call them in the Midwest. They call soda pop, right? You don't know (laughs) what the fuck they call anything out there, right? Yeah, it's probably like, oh, I gotta go shop at the Scallywag. What the fuck's a Scallywag? Oh, it's a garage sale. I want you to stop, and I want you to go and get, like, old TV serving trays that people are getting rid of. I want you to go get, like, old ceramic busts. If you could find a ceramic bust of Abraham Lincoln, even (laughs) better, right? I want you to go to those yard sales on your way, and I want you to find something that you want to see somebody hit somebody else over the head with. And I want you to bring it to the AIW show for this match. <laughs> and if you find that ceramic bust of Abraham Lincoln, please take a picture of it. Tag me in it on social media. And I'll be very happy. It'll make my day. <laughs> Any particular reason why you want all this plunder? I mean, yes, uh, you feel like they're not going to bring enough? W- well, there's no reason not to. It's the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, however many years ago, 28 years ago, when I was going to ECW shows and we would be going to like the Flagstaff shows and they would announce like a fans bring the weapons match. We're leaving an hour early. We're going to hit some yard sales. Yeah. And you know, they would collect up the shit and the fans brought the weapons and they would use stuff and you'd be your cookie sheets it'd be your whatevers. And we found it a yard sale, a ceramic bust of Abraham Lincoln and I think you could find the show on YouTube because most of the fan cams are up there. It was May 20th, 1995, as the Pitbulls and Stevie Richards took on Public Enemy and local promoter Doug Flex. And my ceramic bust of Abraham Lincoln got used in the finish of the match. Okay. See, now that makes sense now. You put context in. Yes. Context very important. I just remember watching... You know, back in the day, New Jack always seemed to use an old Nintendo. Yes. And at that point, they were like, oh, those are just garbage. Those are just things that you would throw away. It makes sense. And now when I look back at it, I was like, you have any idea? Like, you can restore those. Those are worth money. You idiot. <laughs> well, I, from what I understand, the consoles from, from Nintendo at that time, your NES, your SNES, your N64s are pretty easy to come by. You could probably get one for like, 20 bucks, you can probably knock them down to 15. It's the games where they rake you over the coals. I, I think, you you know what, Joe? At this point, the consoles are getting very uh, scarce as well. I'm not talking really? about thousands of dollars, but no, I, I understand completely where you're coming from, where it's like, oh, everybody had one, so they're worth nothing. It got to the point where the market plummeted so badly, where it's like you could not give them away, that so many people recycled them. 
And now that we're in another nostalgia boom, there's not enough of them to go around. So vintage consoles, even like Xbox 360s and stuff like that, that like people were just recycling. Yeah. They're, they're selling restored versions online for a couple hundred bucks a piece. Uh, and there's actually a lot of companies, not to get into it, that like claim they're restoring them, that just clean them and then send them out. But yeah, there's a big market for old consoles now. Not even like there, sealed in a box. There's okay, so there is off the square in Wilkes-Barre. There's a used game store that not only has a stack of NESs loose, about four feet high behind their door. Mm-hmm. They use one of them as a doorstop. <laughs> Now, I don't know if they're all busted, because if they're yeah. busted, I would throw the stack of them away and maybe keep the one as a doorstop as a doorstop. But if you just got a stack four feet tall of them behind your door, I think you got a couple, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, I've seen prices all over the place. And breaking news, Ronald Two Legs just texted me saying, is it too late to call the show? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That train is that train has left the station. Yeah, sorry, doing voicemails right now. Perfect, perfect opportunity for us to start the voicemails. Thank, Thank you. you very much for the reminder, Ronald. Two legs. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. How's it going this week? So I was talking to one of my friends, uh, figuring stuff out. You know, plans for the summer and all. When we're doing visits, when we're going to shows, when we're doing you know all sorts of things. And uh, I mentioned taking my son somewhere for his birthday. Uh, apparently, I'm doing that during SummerSlam. So I'm going to miss SummerSlam, uh, which, you know, it's fine. It's fine. My kid is more important than any wrestling thing. But, yeah, if I knew it was SummerSlam weekend, I may have planned it different weekend. I don't know. But it brings me to my question. Have either of you arranged or rearranged something that involved your family? So that you could watch wrestling. Um, let's see, Adam. Let's throw in baseball too there for Adam. <laughs> Thanks, so that's my question that. for this week. Looking forward to the show. Looking forward to hearing your Patreon discussions. And looking forward to all the listeners that sign up. So they can also experience that. Talk to you later, guys. Um, I, I'll actually do a wrestling one. Um. I think it was the first time I went out to Cleveland for the Odeon, uh, the the major announcement show, which was the first AIW show I was ever at. Right. Um, I actually was supposed to give my mom a ride somewhere that day. And like a couple weeks beforehand, she's like, oh, make sure you're free on this day, blah, blah, blah. I, I need you to get in. It was like one of the things where it was a little bit too far of a drive where she just didn't feel comfortable at night, you know, driving. So it was, uh, I was like, yeah, no problem. I got, I got nothing to do. I was like, I'll make sure that I'm off for work. And then I made arrangements to go to AIW. And I was like, I looked at my work calendar. I was like, Oh, I already have it off for work. This is perfect. <laughs> and then it was like, I realized it was both the same time. And I was like, basically I was like, mom, I'm going to, I'm going to Ohio. So she had to end up getting a ride from a, a relative, but that, that jumps out of my mind immediately of me picking wrestling. Cause it's not going to happen often. And, you know, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I, that distinctly, I picked, Oh, going to Ohio. <laughs> Kevin. Dozens of times for me. Um, as far back as I can remember as a teenager, we talked before about those Jim Thorpe shows, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a girl I was dating at the time. We had broken up. She had contacted me. Maybe she was looking to reconcile. Maybe she was looking to get back together. Oh, but Raven and Richards were taking on the pit, or taking on the public enemy for the tag titles. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to the show, honey. It's, I'll find another girlfriend. This match is only going to happen maybe once or seven more times. Um, <laughs> and then more recently, now granted it got rained out this past weekend, which we didn't discuss. Uh, the LVAC show down at the Mahoning Drive-In got rained out, sadly. Um, but if it did not get rained out, um, I was blowing off my cousin's graduation pipe, uh, her high school graduation party, which when I went, they treated as though it was like a formal event. Like everyone was dressed to the nines and they had a DJ and it was like catered by like a fancy like whatever, right? Where are these pictures of you dressed to the nines? Nobody, I, I don't get pictures taken of me. Good Lord. No, that's, listen, that's they the were dressed in the night. She was practically in a prom dress. I fucking wore a button-up shirt and jeans, and I'm like, this is good enough for me, right? Yeah. I took my hat off, right? <laughs> but if the, if the show didn't get rained out, I was blowing that off for wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the people that live in this house, um, you know, I'm going to blow off pretty much everything for wrestling. Yeah, and I mean, if you mess up this kid, you can always have another, Kevin, so just do the wrestling. Right, and listen, stay off social media. Uh, You know, earlier this year, I missed night one of WrestleMania so that I could take my wife uh, to go see the comedian that she likes, right? Mm -hmm. I'd gotten the tickets in November, not realizing it was the same day as the night one of WrestleMania, and it's like, fuck it, it's for my wife. I'll watch WrestleMania later, and I did. Yeah, just avoid the spoilers. Exactly. All right, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Uh, next call. Hey, guys. It's Ben Pasco. And what a crazy world of week in the world of wrestling. Why, why am I doing this bit? You guys know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> this week's question. What is the conspiracy theory you most believe? Like, there has to be one you think is the most possible. And keep in mind, most conspiracy theories end in anti-Semitism, so you <laughs> will be judged harshly if you stumble into something bad. Okay, thanks. Bye. Can I can I just say first, uh, I did what I promised. I tweeted out a response to his question from last week, which was, yes. who is the, uh, the canceled person that you uh, have a thing for? And I said Charlie Caruso. So I just want to say that on the air, uh, or Charlie R. Nolt, or whatever the heck her shoot name is. But that was my answer for last week. Um, (laughs) Conspiracy theories that you believe in. I feel like the more I listen to Final Wrestling Place, the more conspiracies I believe in now. Because it's like, now I'm like, all right, the Montreal Screwjob was 100% of work. Moon landing probably didn't happen. Or at least the footage we saw wasn't real. Uh, I don't know what, what those boys are doing to me. I know um, Marcus and Ed uh, believe that the moon landing was fake. And if you're lining up with Ed, I think that's bad. (laughs) But a conspiracy that you believe, right? Yeah. This is tough. Because I, you know, most of them I don't believe. Yeah. Um, But I guess if I have to pick one, I'm just going to say, like, a general umbrella of aliens. Um, I I think like aliens exist. 
they have visited us, but is it as big as a cover-up as we're being led to believe? Um, questions, I get it. Yeah, like, I definitely think, like, they are covering it up, but I think, so I think the problem is, is, uh, at its root, every conspiracy is wrong because by the time it gets to us, the general population, it's already blown up to a 10, where if you, like, pare it down and pull it apart and everything else and get to what the actual conspiracy of it is, you'll see how it's all completely blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. But it's true, it's just they magnified it from a 1 to a 10. Yeah, no, I get you. All right, I mean, I, I think that if you have an infinite amount of planets and an infinite amount of stars, that uh, it'd be crazy to not think that there are other intelligent life out there you know right. so that's just like oh there's a there's a billion gajillion planets out there that are like habitable in some way but no we're the only one that space jesus decided was gonna have like intelligent thought come on you know? and i think you know what whatever side you come down on with the uh, aliens whether you believe it or don't believe it i think that's the conspiracy that has the least anti-semitism involved Unless these aliens are, like, Nazis or something. Wait a minute. Hang on now. <laughs> All right. So, um, Adam mentioned that Pat wanted to call in, right? Uh-huh. And he's texting me while we're <laughs> recording, saying, just let me call in on Skype. But the problem is, because we're already recording, I'd have to stop the recording, wait for him to call in, start up a brand new recording, edit him in. Then when he leaves, stop the recording, start, and then it'd be a pain in the ass to edit, right? It would, but that's your problem, not mine. Okay, I know that's your problem, so <laughs> I'm acquiescing, and during the voicemail segment, I'm reading this statement from Pat. <clears throat> I just want you to mention how I'm the draft show king, I'm undefeated, and have never lost. I distinctly remember beating him on Wrestling Cheers, so that's not true. Well, he, he claims he won uh, the Wrestling Cheers draft show from this past weekend, and I'll never know. Um, I understand that both he and Ed worked me into the show. Um, I think uh, Ed had me beat Derek to win the Chikara Grand Championship. <laughs> and Pat had me team up with Terry Funk and Double J. <laughs> that is true as well. Um, I, I mean, again, I don't know what pat is referring to i do distinctly remember beating him and then for reasons i'm unsure of uh he advanced in the tournament it was wibbly wobbly i don't understand the rules but i won every single time i was on the a show which means i beat jason diagostino i beat tim taylor i beat brett miles i beat you i'm the two-time tournament champions winner on the a show i beat i've won drafts i assume on this show i don't know i've lost track i won my appearance on wrestling cheers I am the draft show king, but congratulations for beating like a super high Ed and Marcy, you know, whatever. And Pat did it without even paying attention to the other people's cards. It was amazing. <laughs> that is true as well. Um, oh, I'm letting on that I listened to the show. I didn't listen to the show. Yeah. Um, hey, congratulations for being maybe the draft show prince, Mr. There you go. You know, yeah, Prince is pretty good, right? Yeah. Oh, like almost the king. <laughs> Next call. Hey there, other uh, add-ons. Joe Adam is the other JB here. A little flustered because I'm out on the road because Hook uh, just won't let me make any money. So I'm just <laughs> going to go on a vacation. Go gay camping. 
Alrighty. So, um, recommendations. Um, oh, Billy Kidman. Alrighty, thank you much. Uh, did he just say Billy Kidman? Uh, he they said he Billy did Kidman say Kidman Billy Kidman. Gotcha. Billy Kidman's a tough one. Um, Avoid all matches with Vampiro. <laughs> Spoiler for the Patreon. Um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, spoiler for the Patreon. Um, so, he was never really in a position to have good matches, which is so weird. Because, like, technically he was a really good wrestler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I can't put my finger on some of them. But, like, he really didn't have a ton of good matches in WWF. Like, some of his tag stuff with him and Paul London was okay, but he was doomed from the start in WWF, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in WCW, um, I guess, like, some of the Cruiserweight title stuff, maybe? There's probably some good stuff, like, early when he was in the flock. There's there's a Starcade match. And I can't remember what year Starcade it was, where it was like a it was a three way with him, Ray. It might have been Starcade '98. Now that I think about it, so it was him, Ray, and Psychosis. Or no, no, it was okay. It was either him, Ray, and Psychosis, or him, Ray, and Hooventude, Right. Mm-hmm. That match is really good. And then Eddie comes out, and it's like, oh, I was supposed to be in this match. I, I'll never forget the Eddie promo. He like starts ragging on Kidman for being a pretty boy. And combing his, he caught him combing his hair backstage. <laughs> How dare he! And then challenge, and then Eddie challenges Kidman to a match, and then Kidman like soundly beats Eddie. Uh, the Eddie match is more of an angle than anything else, but whatever that triple threat was before it, like I said, I can't remember. It was Psychosis or uh, Hooventude in there, but it was definitely Ray. It was definitely Kidman. It was definitely a Starcade. That match is really good. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I'm kicking myself. So. Again, I don't know if it was, like, like, so, was it, um, it was spring of 98, where it was, um, Saturn and Raven, Benoit, Malenko, Kidman, and Ray, and it was the three of those teams feuding over the tag team titles, Okay. And, like, they're not blow-away matches. Like, they would have, like, a series of matches. Like, they were the SmackDown 6 before the SmackDown 6 was the SmackDown 6. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it might have been 99 instead of 98. Like, it gets a little fuzzy. Um, but, yeah, so it would have been Saturn Raven, Benoit Malenko, Kidman Ray. There was a series of matches from, like, March to May of 99 that you can go and find, like, any interactions between those six are probably really good Kidman matches. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah, and that's just off the end again. Yeah. And it's uh, tough, man. Like, he's a guy who just, like, was good but never had, like, knockout matches. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, when we watch the WCW 2000 stuff on the Patreon, they're definitely trying to position him as the next big thing, you know, as we mentioned, you know, to borrow a turn of phrase from earlier in the show. But, you know, the company didn't last long enough and there wasn't consistency in the direction, yada, yada. Well, the company lasted for like another year past where we're watching, but it was the consistency, you know? Sure. Well, I'm saying like if it was like, 
it's not like they had a five-year plan, you know, or, so, or were able to execute a five-year plan, you know? They didn't have a three-week plan half the yeah. time. No, I get you. Yeah. And other JB, I do think it's BS that Hook won't let you, you know, get in the arena. He keeps jumping you. I'll just say, next time before you cut your promo, disable the child locks and then say action. Or just, like, lock the doors so that Hook can't get in. Or was Hook in there the entire time with him? That was No, Hook came through the other side. Okay, because that was, then Then lock the doors. Well, the door was locked. Well, the, the one door was locked, but the other one wasn't, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, see, it's, uh, the, JB, you got to work on the, your, the security. Right. Oh, he needs his own team of security. Oh, there we go. All right. This dangerous fella Hook, you know? <laughs> Uh, all right, last call, pink button time. It's Young Ed. Hey, Young Adam, it's Ed. Um, so, I was going to call in and plug things that I did. Uh, you know, um, there's a new episode of Hyatt Buffy. Right. Uh, did you guys like it? Yes. And yep. you heard it? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hopefully everybody had... Over and listen, listen to that. Cause I thought it was, I thought it was one of the better things I've ever done in life. And then also, uh, Joe, maybe Adam. I don't know if you. And guys, the wrestling chairs. You guys hear that? You guys uh, hear that draft? Who do you think? Who do you, who do you think won it? Ronald Two Legs. Uh, because the selfish part of me wants to say that I did because I booked a hell of a card, but man. Jeff Jarrett and Terry Funk versus ICP might be one of the funniest matches I could ever imagine. I I I I voted for Pat. I voted for, my vote went to Pat. Or uh two legs. How funny is it that they never call him Pat on that AIW podcast? I think it's very funny. I like it. He's got aliases. Like superheroes and strippers. Okay, bye. Yeah, full disclosure, uh, I voted for the draft show, Prince. Uh, Ed, you would have been a close second, and no offense, Marcy, would have been third. That's my rankings. Uh, I didn't vote for reasons, um, <laughs> but I, I was um, you know, being texted both by Ed and Pat to listen to the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought everyone's cards were really good. I really liked Marcy's idea for like the like the whole twink extravaganza, you know? Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, it was tough. It was too difficult for me to choose. I just wish it was a tie and everybody could have won. Um, <laughs> but I, I, and, and I'm going to ask Pat, Pat, turn the, like, leave the room, but keep the podcast playing for a second. Um, I think Ed should have won. <gasps> uh, I don't think John knows that your name's not Ronald two legs <laughs> and, uh, you can come back in the room now. Um, and I thought Hayabusa was really good this week. I've only listened to it twice, uh, since it's come out. Um, you know, usually I'm up to a couple times that I'm really behind on podcasts. Um, you know, things have just been hectic and busy and whatever. Um, but it was really good. I thought the theory of it was really good. I even gave it like a little bit more of a hard plug on Longbox Heroes this past week. You know, uh, a lot of work goes into it. You know, whoever the mysterious editor of the show is and, Mm -hmm. uh, production and stuff. Um, and I would never give Ed notes on the show. But it's one of those things where just when I think a, uh, a Smith Hart segment is going on too long, it goes on for another three minutes, and I'm like, all right, we're back. 
<sighs> yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. It's always you say all the time that podcasts need to be released on a regular schedule, and nope. I get and appreciate that. But Hayabusa is the exception because when it comes out, it's just out of nowhere. You get yeah. blindsided by it, and that's a uh, a compliment. I swear, I, I did enjoy it. This is a, a reference that Ed will enjoy. His podcast is the RKO of podcasts. <laughs> that's a wrestler Ed likes, right? RKO. I, I'm not sure if he likes Mr. Orton. Okay. Um, I, I will say whoever, uh, what do they call it, swatted young Ed? Yes. Be ashamed of themselves because he wasn't trying to hurt nobody. Right. Um, but uh, ended up in a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah, how's how's young Ed going to get out of this one? <laughs> Tune in next month, boys. Right. Uh, so thanks for everyone for your calls. We'd mentioned a couple times here, of course, the Patreon show, which will be going up a little bit later on here today. Uh, we watched and will be reviewing the the February 2nd, 2000 episode of WCW Thunder. And if you read Kevin, who had called in at the beginning of the call-in segment, uh, his recap of the show over on... Um, uh, MassLibrary.com. The version that's on the World Wrestling Entertainment Network or Peacock or however the fuck it is that you access it is missing 20 minutes of the show. And it's maybe the two most integral segments on the show that are missing. Yeah, it's funny because I read Kevin's review and he said that there was the like the disclaimer on the screen that it's being presented in the best quality that they have, meaning that like they it wasn't just accidentally not there. They literally don't own or couldn't find the original airing to put it up on the cock. I would like to think that whoever was uploading stuff to the World Wrestling Entertainment Network that day or uh, digitizing footage or whatever just decided, I'm going to leave the racists out. <laughs> well, yeah, but he, there were other racists on there, though. The main segments. Like, obviously, there was like, oh, here's a racist leaving the building and here's a racist getting to the building. Uh, we can't get rid of those. But the entire segment that's built around the racist, yeah, maybe we can get rid of that one. Yeah. Here's a giant piece of shit wrestling Sid in a hardcore match, you know? Right. But. Well, this was before. Uh, again, whenever this stuff was digitized to put up on the, the World Wrestling Entertainment Network, I think it was known that Bad Terry was bad. I think it was known that the Harris brothers were bad. Uh, I think it was a push with Rick Steiner at that <laughs> point. This is something maybe that's happened within the last year. So I don't see anyone going up and retroactively pulling stuff up unless there's a double murder, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah. So what do you have to assign for homework for next week, Adam? Joe, I'm keeping it a surprise for the Patreon. I knew you would ask. Oh, me, you son of a bitch. I'm not going to I'm not going to divulge it here. I'm going to wait until the Patreon. All right, it'll be, no it'll be a good one, I promise. All right, uh, you and your promises. Um, <laughs> hey, last but not least, before we like wrap things up and get to weekly purchases and whatever, uh, Dark Side of the Ring this week, Adrian Adonis. Did you watch it? I did. I'm glad you asked. Um, this episode, again, I say this over and over and over again, at least for 80% of it, I was like, okay, big whoop. Wrestler becomes famous. Wrestler gets hooked on drugs wrestler uses it to ruin his career it was very much like i'm not gonna say it was stuff i knew already because there's a lot that i didn't know uh, because it was before my time but i was very much kind of saying okay this was a paint by number story 
uh, in that we've seen it a bunch of times, uh, where I kind of was brought back in was the fact that he was turning his life around and he, he loses some of the weight that he put on to try to get back, you know, to compete in Japan and maybe have another run. And I was also fascinated by like the guy that owned the bear and his bear kills his fiance. And, and I, I felt bad for the, the living Kelly twin. Like he kind of tugged at my heartstrings at the end there. So there were bits that brought me back in. Plus, it was fun to listen to Mr. Hitman talk about doing nose beers with Adrian and Piper and Cheeky Baby. Uh, and listen, you would think Bret Hart doing nose beers with some of the coolest 80s wrestlers of all time would make Ed be a fan. Listen, <laughs> his, his favorite wrestler just did somas and allegedly abused women. Mr. Hitman was doing nose beers with Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco and the Iron Sheik and Adrian Adonis. Some of the coolest dudes of all time, right? <laughs> so yeah. um, I think where this episode hit for me, and like I-, I knew this whole story, right? But it was one of those things where like I knew the broad strokes of the story. But the fact that they had so much access, like they had the living Kelly brother who survived the, the, the van rack. Uh, you have Mr. Hitman who, you know, was a friend and a family member or a, a friend and a, like a co-worker and everything else of Adrian Adonis who is still alive and is still with it. And then you've got the wife and the two daughters and you've got like all these private like pictures of him at home. And it was just so much of this extra access to yeah. put a human face on this over the top character that Adrian Adonis was. And, uh, and again, I know she doesn't listen to the show, uh, but a friend of mine, Colette, would joke that how were we surprised when Adrian Adonis becomes adorable Adrian Adonis, where prior to that, his gimmick was a hard gay leather man from, like, <laughs> the village in New York. No, he was a New York City tough guy. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Adam, have you ever seen the movie Cruisin'? <laughs> I have not, but I, I get what you're putting down. So um, we didn't get into it with the L.A. Night stuff, but, um, you know, obviously Kevin Nash's name has been bandied about with L.A. Night. And I'm not going to bash Kevin Nash because I love Kevin Nash. Um, and if you listen to everything in context, you see that Kevin Nash is kind of not seeing the whole picture of everything. He's seeing like a clip or whatever it is. He's not watching everything in context. But when people were bringing up to Nash about like, oh, well, you're saying LA Knight's not original. Well, what about your buddy Scott, who just like lifted whole cloth Scarface for his wrestling character, right? Mm -hmm. And Nash would be like, well, that's different. You're taking something from one medium, movies or TV or whatever, and you're bringing it over to wrestling, which is something that happened quite a bit. Um, You would say that... Adrian Adonis saw the movie Cruisin' and just be like, oh, that's going to be my wrestling character, right? Um, I will say, not a knock on Big Kev, but when people pointed out, like, eh, there's a lot of nature boys in the world of wrestling, and, you know, Hulk Hogan has freely admitted that he just kind of lifted Dusty Rhodes and Superstar Billy Graham's act, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and put a little twist on it, whatever. Um, eh, Kev didn't talk about those things. He got to brush that aside. Uh, just saying. Um, but yeah, the Adrian Adonis one, I thought it was good. I like these sort of, you know, any of the eighties guys I like that live these colorful lives, guys that I grew up watching. Um, you know, and obviously when you're, you know, 
10, 11 years old and you're watching this shit, you don't know what coked out of their mind is. <laughs> but then you find out what coked out of your mind is and you go back and you watch this stuff. Um, and you're like, oh, that's what it is, right? And, uh, you know, obviously the build to WrestleMania 3 is Hogan Andre. But, like, Andre's not on TV every week. Hogan's not on TV every week. Roddy Piper and Adrian Adonis were on TV every week in that build to WrestleMania. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were just as important, if not, you know, whatever, because they were the thing that was on TV and Saturday Night's Main Event and the house shows that was selling that program to be at the top of the card at WrestleMania 3. You know, nothing's stopping Hogan and Andre. There's a big chasm between that and everything else on the card. But argument gets made for Savage Steamboat. Argument gets made for Piper and Adonis, you know? Yeah. And my my last take on this is, Joe, I've seen every single episode, including the Christmas special of Young Rock. How come I'm just now hearing about Ricky Soulman Johnson? His brother? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I, I that's what you get for watching Young Rock, I guess. Uh, he was left out. I don't know what the hell his beef is with Dwayne. Mm. One can only imagine. Now. Uh, but next week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring is Bash at the Beach 2000. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know where to even this is even going to start. So it's going to be interesting to see how they spin this into a, a 45 minute long compelling show. So I feel as though this is too new for them to be covering. 23 years ago. I have. That's too new. You know, um, <laughs> no, I get I, you. I have faith that they're going to do something compelling. Um, I'm not a betting man, but my betting is that either Bischoff and or Russo reveal for the first time some new lie about what happened that day. <laughs> so some unknown in- information in quotes. You know? Yes. Never before revealed secret about what really happened. And it's just a 100% bald faced lie. <laughs> All right, that, I'm looking forward to discourse around that. Unrelated, go get a photo op with Eric Bischoff at Absolution this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the wrestling business. You're supposed to lie. Like the best people in wrestling are giant liars. Wrestling is a lie. Cody, you know? Daniel yeah. Bryan, yeah, all the CM Punk. <gasps> Tell me when I'm telling a lie, Joe. All the time, Phil. <laughs> That's what so I Joe, like. If I was at a show where CM Punk says the tell me when I'm telling lies, I'd be like, all the time. I'd try to get an all the time chance started. <laughs> oh. Hey, do we have an eBay affiliate program? Yeah, hey, uh, when you click on ver- uh, links to various merchants on this site to make a purchase, this could be- result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but aren't limited to, the eBay partner network. Yeah. Uh, T public sale is two weeks from now, so we'll push that when we push that. But again, we already mentioned the Patreon uh, bonus shows available. Uh, one RSS feed for the free show and the bonus shows. Even if you just sign up at a level, that just gets you those bonus shows. That's the five dollar level. That's the face of the Patreon level. The face. The face. Um, yeah. As mentioned before, you know, you also get access to the Discord. There's people talking about stuff in the Discord. Todd's the only lone holdout. Um, next time I see him, I'm just going to take his phone and I'm going to do it for him. <laughs> um, 
He's an old man yelling at clouds, afraid of apps. Yeah. Not like me. I'm hip. I'm with it. I was a day one supporter of that Discord. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, like I so said, we're doing the homework uh, after we're done here. I got the interview with Young Ed scheduled for next Saturday. And, uh, yeah, so uh, lots of stuff on and popping, as the kids said many, many years ago uh, yes. over on the Patreon. And other things that are uh, popping are these podcasts, such as, but not limited to, actually probably limited to, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hayabusi, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. (laughs) Anabolic steroids is a logical next step. Thank you for the plugs. And uh, now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Yeah. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 All right, Joe, before we get into it, and I actually have a pretty big week, um, but before we get started on that, uh, lots of San Diego Comic-Con announcements this week. Is there anything that piqued your interest, something that you're like, ooh, I kind of want that? Nope. No? Not a single thing. Um, There's stuff that I saw that I'm like, I'm glad I'm not in that, or I'm glad they're still doing the the windowless boxes, so I don't have to worry about that, you know? Um, I think for the G.I. Joes, they're doing Chuckles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who's like the he's like the baby face master disguise guy. He's like the Hawaiian shirt G.I. Joe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of them. And like he was always like a sentimental favorite from my, uh, you know, three and a half inch figures. Um, there's a Deadpool with Hydra Bob two pack. But again, it's the windowless boxes. So I'm like, I don't need that. Um no, nah, like I said, nothing really. And like, uh, like the the wrestling stuff. Um, I don't care about the Muhammad Ali thing. Like that's great if you do. Um, and I don't care about Sting with his trademark coffin. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just real quick about like the Marvel Legends and like the GI Joe classified series. Like, weren't we promised plastic packages again by this point? Like, what is taking so long? <sighs> I, I'm going to have to say that this San Diego Comic-Con stuff is and still technically is like third quarter 2023. I think you're going to see fourth quarter 2023 stuff for the Christmas season is where we're going to get windowed boxes back. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I, I saw all the announcements, like you know, a lot of the stuff that you mentioned. Um, I'm not really interested in the Marvel stuff so far or the G.I. Joe or Star Wars. There's a cool uh, Force Unleashed. Uh, I, forget, I can't even think of the guy's name, but I, I like the game. So I'm like, if I can't think of the guy's name, I don't need the figure. Um, but I do want the Muhammad Ali just because I'm on like a five or six year streak of having all the WWE San Diego figures. Uh, and I think that's kind of cool. So I like, whatever, I'll try to get one. Um, I am glad that sting in his trademark coffin is the AEW offering this year. Cause that now I can pass. 
you know, I don't have to pay up like I did for the Brody last year. I think it's a cool figure, but not pay five times retail to get on eBay. Cool figure. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, there's a couple, there's like maybe two Funko Pops that I need, like some Transformers ones. Um, and then there is one McFarland, uh, DC multiverse figure that is a San Diego exclusive that I, I need Joe. Uh, I don't need it, but I kind of want it. It is a nightfall Batman, uh, that is in like, it's in different packaging. Now here's the thing. It is Bruce cause it's the same exact figure that you can buy for $20 on Amazon in the standard packaging. So really all you're paying extra for is fancy packaging that says Nightfall 30th Anniversary Edition. And I feel like that's enough to justify me trying to track one down. But if it's an inflated price, I will pass, if that makes sense. Like, I think they retail 30 at the con, you know? So if I can get one for like 50, I'll buy it. If it's like they're all eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars, no fuck that. I don't need it. It's not a Nazrael figure. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just, it just happens to be a Nightfall figure. So, yeah. Not. I think that this San Diego, I'm going to get off cheap on. If that makes sense. Good. But on to weekly purchases. Uh, I'll do a couple quick ones and I'll send it over to you. Hopefully, you have some some good stuff. Hopefully, you went on a spending spray. But. Speaking of San Diego Comic-Con exclusives and speaking of McFarlane figures, uh, a lot of times they'll announce something that's going to be at the con, but then it'll also go up for pre-order at the same time. There was a one of 3,000 McFarlane Superman figure that uh, you might have saw Paternia tweet out. Yes. Uh, That went up on Entertainment Earth as well. I guess like they're doing like, I don't know, 1,000 at the con and 2,000 on the website or something like that. Uh, but a, I thought it was a really cool figure. B, it was cheap and I can get it with free shipping from entertainment earth and C, Joe, there's a goddamn window on the box. That's the most important thing. It is. So I was very pumped cause I bought a couple of those one of 3000 art series figures. There was one of the flash and there was another one of Superman. And not only do they come in a box that doesn't have a window, but it was cellophane shut. So I was like, well, I'm never going to see this figure. <laughs> you know. So this one actually has a window on it, so I'm pumped about that. So I bought one of those. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about buying an old NECA figure from the video game Bioshock Infinite. And it was yeah. of the, the girl character, Elizabeth, from the game. And I said to myself that at the time, I just wanted the, the female lead. But I kind of built a case for myself of getting the male lead as well. Um, I set up an eBay search and I finally found one like really cheap. So I got a Booker DeWitt Bioshock Infinite figure. Uh, so I'm happy. I got the, I've completed the set of two. And that's all with the Bioshock things. Uh, they had the, the heels of the game as well, but I don't need those. I just need the, the two, like the two faces. Gotcha. What'd you buy Joe? Well, again, no wrestling, no toy related stuff. But it is big boy purchases. I feel as though I'm going to be announcing several big boy purchases over the next couple weeks. Uh, We are going on vacation in October, and we've been dragging our ass, and we finally booked the flights this week. Where are you going? Uh, So three flights uh, from Newark to Orlando and back with baggage and a rental car and everything else like that. Well, the rental car we got to pay for when we get down there, but just the flights for three people was like 850 bucks. 
Woo! Right. So, eh, why have I not been making a lot of weekly purchases? Because <laughs> I knew that these purchases were coming up. Uh, yeah. My car is going in for an inspection tomorrow. I got a feeling I'll have another big weekly purchase next week that's non-toy related. That I've been kind of sitting on money for, kind of waiting until all this shit goes away, you know? Um... Like, and, and listen, we, we got, like, it's back to school season for my kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, we got him a new book bag because there was a hole in the book bag that he had before. But that was, like, 25 bucks. We're like, do you want to get some, like, like, we can go school shopping and get some shirts and shorts and pants and all that other stuff? And he's like, no, everything I have still fits. I'll get rid of what doesn't fit anymore. And. Well, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And, like, he picked out one shirt that's based off, like, one of the YouTube series that he watches. And, like, okay, that was, like, shipped, like, $23. That doesn't count because it's for him. And it's school shopping, right? Um, but, yeah, the the plane ticket's this week. Uh, next week is going to be whatever's wrong with my car when the inspection's done. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned it probably online, but, like, um month or so ago i got my inspection on my jeep and they told me my front tires were bad i was like well will they pass inspection they're like yeah just barely i was like well fucking let's get it out of here no tires today well and, uh, go ahead so that's the thing when i got my car inspected last year i was told yeah tires just make expe- inspection yeah so, so now it's been a year and i'm like <laughs> ah, i'm probably gonna need new tires i don't do a ton of driving yeah. uh you know working from home and everything else like that but it's been a year since I was told it just passes. So when I go to get the car inspected tomorrow, I'm prepared for new tires. Yeah, and uh, what I was getting to is I went for an oil change this past weekend. They tried real hard. They're like, listen, man, those tires are bad. I was like, ah, nope, I don't see snow on the ground. Don't need There, there <laughs> you, you know? go, exactly. Um. All right, so I have a couple more purchases. I was in the market for some of the... WWE Walmart exclusive Ruthless Aggression figures and I had tweeted out maybe like a week ago on a doll safari that I found a bunch of the NWO Kevin Nash's but they were all destroyed and they had like Shelton Benjamin and Undertaker and Cena's and stuff but I I wanted that Nash and I could not uh, like I said I could have bought it but they would have been destroyed and that's not the way I roll but I needed there was three figures in the Ruthless Aggression line that I wanted and the distribution on these is terrible. You may never, ever see one of them in person, or you might walk into a store and find a hundred of them. But I want the Nash, can't find it. I want the Tory Wilson, can't find it. But I did find, uh, like I think last Friday, right after we, we recorded the show, I found the Eric Bischoff. Speaking of Absolution 16. Uh, so I got the Eric Bischoff first time in the line, which comes with the... the uh, the the priest or the the deacon head you know the did I yeah say the for the Billy and Chuck wedding yeah so I want that Bischoff figure um and so I'm still in the market for the big Cav and the Tory Wilson and I, I I don't know if I I don't tweet as much about going out on Safari because I just generally don't or if I do I'll just go to a store I won't do like the full uh, loop of all the places um. But I decided I was going to wake up a little early today just because I was like, I got to get up early because I kind of got to reset my sleep schedule. I've been staying up too late and sleeping a little bit too late. Uh, So I was like, I'm going to wake up early. 
I'm going to go get coffee, and I'm going to run just to Walmart, see if I can find that Tory Wilson or the big Kev figure. So I go early. Come on, let's call it what it is. I was like up at 1030. <laughs> I was out the door by 1130, but that's early for me. Um, so I go to the local Walmart, and I look at the elite section. There's nothing there. But I look down, Joe, and sitting on the shelf is one solitary Walmart Ruthless Aggression Ultimate Series Rey Mysterio figure. Oh! Because if you remember seeing announced that Walmart is doing their own exclusive Ultimates, and the first series is Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, and uh, then the second series is going to be Brock Lesnar and RVD down the road. But I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize these were hitting this area, and there was just ah, Rey Mysterio. So I was pumped, but I was like, I need the Eddie Guerrero. So I looked on Walmart's website and looked at the Ray Mysterio, and it said not only did no stores in the area have the Ray, but neither did the Dixon City one. And I'm like, well, I'm holding one in my hand. So this whole inventory thing is bullshit. So I can't trust it. So if Ray Mysterio is in this store, that means Eddie Guerrero could be anywhere. That's true. So I went to Tunkanic, Pittston. Wilkes-Barre and Honesdale today, Joe, <laughs> looking for the fucking Eddie Guerrero figure. I did not find one. I probably spent 30 bucks in gas driving around, but I cleared out my podcast queue. So that's a thing. Oh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so I found that Rey Mysterio. I still need the Eddie Guerrero. I still need the Ruthless Aggression Elites. Uh, but yeah, there was fucking Walmart and they're, they got take away their ability to have exclusives because they're bad at it, you know? At least WWE exclusives. Uh, From what I understand, the AEW ones are still plentiful. Yeah, well, the Cody's eventually dried up. I don't think you can find a Cody, at least in this area. Uh, But you do see the... uh, Oh, I'm thinking of, like, the Supreme. Uh, Yeah, the the Kenny Omega Supreme, there's still a couple. But yeah, the MJF and Kenny Omega and Wardlow exclusives, uh, they're going to be on such deep clearance eventually. Yeah. But... Um, do you have anything oh, else? I was going to say, I'm eyeing up. I got to wait. Um, cause, and the thing is, they'll probably have, I'm not going to do it for the, because they'll probably have a better sale closer to Christmas, but because my little niece and nephew are into wrestling figures uh-huh. and there's the ringside sale going on for like damaged, damaged packaging. Mm-hmm. And like, you can get like John Cena's and Bianca Belair's and damaged packaging for like four bucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to wait until it gets closer to Christmas. I was thinking about, like, I'm gonna, do I start my Christmas shopping for them now? And I'm like, I'm going to wait till it gets a little bit closer to Christmas when they have that sale probably then, you know? Yeah. One thing I'll no- I noticed with Ringside, not to get off on a tangent, is a lot of times when they run these sales, the mint in box, well, what they claim is mint in box ones, actually are priced cheaper than the damage package ones a lot of times. Like, for whatever reason, they don't remember to adjust the prices of both, you know? Right. But uh, one last thing, if you have anything else to go over. Nope, that's it. All right. So I did promise a follow-up. For those that are not interested in the ongoing story of Adam's attempt to buy an Azrael Funko Pop, I bid you adieu. Uh, But uh, I did say that I was monitoring uh, as many of them as I could on eBay. And... You know, they were a lot of buy it nows that were being sold, but there was one auction that sold last week. And I said to myself, I'm just going to use that as like a a fact finding thing because I didn't like the guy's feedback. If you remember that. Yes. 
So another one went up for auction, uh, probably a day or two before we record last. And I said to myself, I was like, this is the one, Joe. This was not only uh, coming from a seller that had 100% feedback and like really good like numbers of feedback, um, but the condition of the pop was like next to immaculate. And I find that there was a lot of them uh, that were up for sale that were damaged in like one specific spot, like on the same pop or in the same location on multiple. So I'm like, okay, this had to be like, I don't want to say a widespread issue, but like a common issue with how they were shipped. Uh, so I was obviously, I'm like, if I'm going to pull big money on a Funko, um, I want it to be mint, you know, that's not a crazy request. So I started watching this auction and I'm like, okay, it's not going to, not gonna st- it's not gonna end where it's at like it was at like 100 bucks when i first started watching it so it's creeping up it's creeping up it's creeping up and i'm saying okay still gonna pull the trigger on this joe this is everything i want you know this is the the right condition the right seller heck it's even coming from new york i don't have to worry about it like getting lost in transit i'm watching and i'm watching it and then it passes i'm just gonna say it joe i'm gonna say it it passes four bills. Whoo! And I said, you know what? What am I doing? What am I doing with my life, Joe? I'm an adult. I'm a 40, I'm a 30 plus year old man. Like, should I really? Like, what? It's a fucking Funko Pop. Why would I spend that much money? And I, I really had a moment of clarity and I just, I realized. That that is fucking quitters talking, Joe. Oh that is God. something that somebody who wasn't the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting would say. And I am now the proud owner of a limited to to 761 copies. Azrael Batman Funko Pop. Mint condition. You want to you want to say, oh, I'm earring mulligan and I'm the Azrael, like Michael Jordan Azrael collector. No, fuck you. It's me. Shane Hagedorn. You're not listening to this. I'm the goddamn Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting. Not you. I am. <laughs> All these people needling me, saying, hey, you need to buy a statue if you want to be the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting. The statues are just figures with zero points of articulation. No. Figures are figures. Funko Pops are figures. And if I'm going to be 100%, I'm going to be 100%, and no freaking dollar amount is going to stand in my way. And thank you for my cut of the fucking Patreon money, because that's what paid for it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the extra $7 from the eBay this month, too. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, you're a madman. Thank you. <laughs> like, you paid more for a Funko Pop than I did for my flight. For yeah. three people's flights. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they call me the $100 Vansky. I think we can boost you up to 1000 Like, the one-time $1,000 Vansky, maybe? Uh, maybe. But it, I, as I was talking to one of the biggest enablers out there, a friend of the show, Derek, uh, he said that the 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 what was it the the feeling of being done with the search and being complete again and having that weight of searching for such a rare item having that off of my shoulders is well worth the money now 
But this is also somebody who spends like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on like Finn Balor cards. So he's maybe not a reliable person. Right. Now, you you won the auction. You don't have it in hand yet. Uh, I do not. Okay. So we're not done yet. This is true. This is true because obviously if it comes in and it don't look like those pictures, uh, it's getting sent back. And I'm oh, yeah, that all price? over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not like, oh, I'll deal with it type of situation. Um, this has got to be perfect. And uh, if it's not, I go through it all over again. But okay. I consider ordered as a purchase, you know. Okay. I'm with you. I order as a purchase as well. You know, a year plus ago, I ordered the Super 7 Toxic Avenger, whatever. And I got the shipping notification this week on something that I ordered June 17th of last year, right? Yeah. Uh, I talked about it when I purchased it then, not when it ships. But I'm talking about when I ship for a per- with the thing. Anyway, um, so it comes in. It's perfect. It meets your specifications. You leave your positive feedback. Do you get rid of the save search? Uh, 100%. Okay. Because you don't go do- keep an eye to see if the price is going to come down again. No, because that yourself. would haunt me. That would yeah. haunt me. Whenever oh. I clear off a big ticket item, uh, I delete the save search and I don't oh. want to ever know about it again. Maybe for like, maybe I'll check it again in like five years. Okay. You know, um, the only time I'll keep a save search is if I get a, like an absolute steal on something. And then I want to see like what they're going for afterwards. So I can kind of gloat to like myself, <laughs> you know, then now, I got a deal with this. Um, I, I remind me. What you paid, is this right around what they'd been selling for? Is it a little bit more, a little bit less, or like way more than what the other ones you sold No, for? so the last, well, there's only been two auctions on eBay, period. Um, the first one sold for 350 This one went for 410 or something like that. You know, just a smidge over 400 Okay. Um, and every other one that has sold has been buy it now. And they're all... There's some of them, and I mentioned that there's a widespread issue of them having dings on them. Uh, and those, like the ones with dings, were selling for like in the 420 to 450 range. And other perfect ones went as high as six. Okay. So between five to six hundred bucks. That's still so a lot of I, money. It is, it's an re- unrealistically high, stupid amount of money for something dumb. But with that being said, I feel like I got a good deal based on what they're currently selling for. All now, things as you considered, point, sure. All things considered. Like, as you said, a year from now, they could be selling briskly for 100 bucks. but I don't want to know about that. Right. <laughs> that Adam isn't going to look into that. You know, So uh, I am just going to uh, – I have to order – uh, like a super heavy duty uh, defender. Uh, I have Funko defenders for like other pops, but I need like top of the line acrylic with like a magnetic top that I can order. Uh, and then it's going in the detolf, and I will never check. I will not check pricing again for many years. Right. But now, I needed it. Oh, go ahead. No, I just said I needed it. That's all. So last but not least. Um, we talked about it last week, the latest Hasbro or Mattel crowdfunding thing. Um, you know, the G.I. Joe one hit. The yeah, WWF. It, continues, it continues to hit all of its stretches. Like it hit one yesterday or something. Right. But I think there was a G.I. Joe one even before this that hit, too, right? Oh, yeah. Every G.I. Joe one, to the best of my knowledge, has funded. Right. And then the new gen WWE one hit. 
the Nitro WWE one did not hit. Now they're doing a Jurassic Park one. And I will say I do have a little bit more advanced notice on this because they did talk about it on the Hawkins and Broski show this week that they recorded Monday night. Mm-hmm. And Monday night it was at 24%. And today okay. it's at 26%. Woof. <laughs> Woof indeed. Um, and I guess with whatever, the, like the Hammond collection thing, right, is what yeah. this is. That's what they call these Jurassic Park figures. Apparently, Broski mentioned that the two kids that are never going to be unlocked because it's never even going to come close are not in scale with the Hammond collections. I, I think the scale is right, but the articulation is not. It's kind of right. like if you bought the new gen arena and it came with basics. Okay, right. I knew it was something that there was something that they were out of scale with the Hammond collection. Yeah, I think it was like the, they're not like the quality that you would expect from like that series, whatever. Right. But this thing is two weeks away from being funded and it's going up like up less than a percent a day. It ain't happening. No, definitely not. I, I, I feel was... I feel confident we'll give it one more peak next week and then that'll be the end of it. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I think that's it for me, Joe. I am spent literally and figuratively. Yes. Uh, you're a maniac. I'll say that again. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this was our 250th episode spectacular. I defy <laughs> you to find a difference between this and the previous 249 episodes. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.